Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. It's good to be with you, and we are um, in the first Passion Week. In the uh, older calendar, we have uh, first Passion Sunday and second Passion Sunday, which in the Novus Ordo, the second Sunday will be Palm Sunday, which is the beginning of Holy Week. So we are in a very, very special, and I'm going to say this to you, grace-filled time. Despite all our suffering, I think some of you would probably get angry at my statement. Um, despite all our suffering, uh, despite the mass, um, uh, our not being able to go to mass, um, and uh, the fact that some wonderful prelates of the church, Cardinal Burke, Bishop Snyder, Archbishop Vigano, all of them and others are uh, canon law, um, and I, I say this because a number of you have called and written me about it, um, that it's wrong for the Mass to have been taken from us, even in this time. Um, it's um, that the the people doing it, the bishops, the governors, all of that, have no authority to do that. Um, one went as far as to say that we should, that not we, but um, priests should not obey uh, the unjust um, dictates of their bishops in this time. Now, I'm not saying this to rebel against the bishops, but this is public. It's been out in articles, and it's caused quite a stir. Um, you know what? Um, I uh, I live with the knowledge, not the hope, but the knowledge that nothing touches me. Nothing touches a believer. Nothing touches a Christian that God does not allow. So, if our priests, our bishops have made uh, a wrong judgment for whatever reasons, they may agree with what's happening uh, for all kinds of reasons. Uh, I understand they're trying to keep us safe. Most Catholics will say, I'd rather have the Eucharist than worry about being saved. All of that. Confession. Um, uh, there was a news article out yesterday, uh, if confession stops, which it has in, in that person's church, he said, I'm, I'm on my way to hell. Now, I'm gonna say to all of you, if you really need, uh, to go to confession because there's mortal sin involved, you call your priest or any priest until you find a priest that will give you confession. Um, the church has not stopped that. Uh, even if you have to be at a distance from the priest, there's always a way to do that. So let me just say we can we can spend our days being angry and irate and upset and all of that. And um, but we can. I'm going to say or. I'm not going to say or because it's very difficult. Um, we. I, but I'll say but. I keep in mind that nothing touches me, that God has not allowed nothing 
touches me. If my bishop is wrong, I'm not saying he's wrong. It 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 seems that all of this is wrong. Um, decisions that have been made are wrong. Uh, some of them, I won't even go into the descriptions of the reasons why they're made. God has allowed them. That's what matters, beloved. That's what matters. Does it mean that there are times we shouldn't fight for our faith and all of that? It doesn't mean that. But we need to trust that God has allowed this. And what God has allowed, um, we know he has a reason. Now, the reason for the present circumstance, if I had to take a guess, I'd say we've earned it. I would just say we've earned it. Whether it's right or wrong, I would say we've earned it. God has allowed it. Whether he sent the virus or not, I cannot say that. But I know that he's allowed it. How do I know that? Because it's here. And he's sovereign. And nothing is here that God doesn't allow. He's permitted it. That's enough. And I do think we've earned it as a people, as a nation, as a world, but particularly even as a Catholic people. I think we've earned this. We have not really lived our faith as a people. Um, And no one is excused from blame, and no one is excused from sin, no one. And so um, uh, I accept what God sends. It's not that I don't fight, but my first uh, fight is to become holy, holier. Holy to begin with or holier as I go along. Um, I think we need to rest and say, Lord, um, I deserve this. Yes, I deserve this. Did Jonah deserve the gourd that was protected him from the sun? He did not. And when God took it away, he complained. Why did you take that away? I'm going to die in this heat. You see, we deserve what God allows to come. And um, it's a time for us to increase in holiness. And uh, so many good things are happening, beloved. I can't say they outweigh the bad, but I I can say they are becoming quite obvious that many people are longing for the Eucharist who simply took it for granted before. There's books out, pamphlets, Does Your Mind Wander at Mass? And and probably for most people it does. Not all, but I I think if we were allowed to go to Mass today, our mind wouldn't wander so much and we would be very grateful. Abortions, there are thousands thousands of babies that are being saved, that are not being aborted. Uh, Planned Parenthood has not been closed down. Um, uh, And uh, masses are closed down, churches are closed down, while babies are being murdered by the thousands. But there are some abortion mills that have been closed down. Um, It's it's a tragic situation. uh, but we're in it. We're in it. And and God has sent Our Lady and others to prophesy about these times, whether or not they're the end times. They certainly look and feel like it, or the beginning of the end. We can't say that. All we can, all I can say, beloved, is that God has given us. I'm going to say it because I believe this. This time of grace, this awful, awful persecution, is a time of grace. Um, in order to get our act together, in order to separate from sin, in order to repent, to learn how to do a perfect contrition. Um, Because for many, many, many thousands, if 
you die in the state you're in now, you're living with a spouse who's not your husband, not your wife, you're in mortal sin, you haven't been to Mass anyway for a long time, uh, or, or confession, and, and if you die in that state, you will not be in heaven. And so it's it's helping many people turn around. You cannot make a perfect act of contrition if you remain in that sin. It's a mockery. You cannot. So I'm not saying the plague is a good thing. I'm saying that God, I think it's a grace from God that we can turn our lives around individually and as a people, as the people of God, hopefully the nation. But since uh, Catholics as a church, as a worldwide witness, have uh, our witness has been an absolute disaster. Um, and I think as the Catholic Church goes, so does the culture, and so does the world. So I don't think it's a time to have self-pity or rage and anger about what's done, being done against us. I think it's a time for us to repent and to turn around turn from our wicked ways, turn from our apathy, turn from our failure to spread the gospel to the world that's dying, Um, turn from our relaxed Catholicism that hardly practices our faith, that does the very minimum. Um, As one woman said to me, "I I haven't committed abortion, so I'm not guilty. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Have you ever voted for someone who uh, votes for abortion? Uh, because and there were better candidates. Have you uh, not helped uh, pregnant women? Have you not um, done anything on the pro-life front to shut down abortion, uh, to change our laws? You see, if we're not active, we who have the truth. If we're apathetic, if we keep to ourselves, we are the agents of God in the world. We can say, well, I'm okay, they're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Not if you haven't done anything to give others the grace that God has given you, the truth God has given you. So I'm not hollering at you. I'm not blaming you. I'm speaking in general. Uh, It's us. I can say that. It's us. And it's time for us to repent and to live our Catholic lives, and to vote right. Um, it, it, what's happening all over the world, especially in Texas, is such an embarrassment to the Catholic Church, the bishops of Texas, is such an absolute embarrassment to the Church, beloved. Um, you can go online and read the articles. Uh, I don't like pointing people out, but um, uh, it's it's just a horror. So we need to repent and not blame others and really begin to live a holy Catholic life. And um, I'm going to uh, give you a very wonderful message of sending your angel to Mass when you can't go. Uh, there's the music for our first break, beloved. We will be right back. And I will read you that wonderful message about sending your angel to Mass. Don't go away.
Hello, beloved. It's so good to have you join me on Mother Miriam Live. We are in uncertain times for sure, but we also know that our dear Lord assures us that he is with us always. Even in this dark night, we must press on, and God willing, the coronavirus will help us lead people back to life, family, and faith. I would urge you to support the good work at LifeSite News that is bringing people back to these most basic fundamentals of humanity. Right now, LifeSite News is in the midst of their spring fundraising campaign with the help of a generous family. LifeSite is doubling every monthly gift of this year up to $120,000. So I would urge you, beloved, if you can, to become a monthly supporter to help sustain their pro-life and pro-family journalism. To donate, click the link in the comments of this video or visit lifesitenews.com forward slash 2020. Thank you and God bless you for your generosity. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And I promised before the break that I would read you um, sort of a prayer about sending your angel to Mass. And it's um, uh, it really is, um, um, it, it, the, the introduction is, uh, Jesus is much pleased when little children go to Holy Mass every day. If you cannot go, say this little prayer asking your guardian angel, to hear Holy Mass for you. Now, this isn't just for little children. It's quite beautiful. And I'm reminded of the story of St. Isidore, who was a farmer, and um, he loved the Blessed Sacrament. He loved the Blessed Sacrament. He used to plow his field, and he would leave the plow and go to church on his lunch break and adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and go back to work. And one day, he just couldn't bear to leave Jesus. He loves him so much. So he sent his angel to plow the, plow the field. And people saw the angel with the plow plowing the field. This is a true story, and he's a saint. So we can do that. We can send our angel. Our angel will do this. I, listen, I don't know who wrote this, but it's it's truly lovely. Let me see. Um, in 1920, 1920, so 
I'll read it. O holy angel at my side, go to the church for me. Kneel in my place at holy mass where I desire to be. At offertory, in my stead, take all I am and own and place it as a sacrifice upon the altar throne. At holy consecration's bell, adore with seraph's love, my Jesus, hidden in the host, come down from heaven above. Then pray for those I dearly love and those who can, and those who cause me grief that Jesus' body, I'm sorry, that Jesus' blood may cleanse all hearts and suffering souls relieve. And when the priest communion takes, oh, bring my Lord to me, that his sweet heart may rest on mine and I his temple be. Pray that this sacrifice divine may mankind's sins efface Then bring me Jesus' blessing home, the pledge of every grace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well done. I was waiting for the next sneeze. They usually don't come in ones. Okay, we'll see. Hold on. Okay. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it beautiful, beloved? You know, um, I've I've told you all that um, that our newsletter, uh, which will be Easter newsletter, but it's not only going to come out next month; it'll probably be the end of next month. I apologize to you, but there's so much going on here with all that's going on in the world. There's so much going on here, and. Um, I've been gathering a ton of information for it on homeschooling, which I promised you would be, um, but I haven't put it together yet. So I need to start doing that. It's probably going to be 50 pages, but um, uh, I would love, I'm going to print this in the newsletter. It's just too beautiful. It's just too beautiful from a heart of a child in 1920. It's really, really lovely, but it's true, beloved. You can send your angel to Mass. It's true. You can send him to pray for you before the Blessed Sacrament that most bishops have asked their priest to um, to celebrate every single day in private for their parish, for the people. Um, I began the other day, I don't know if I can, if we have enough time for me to read it through, but let me give it a try. Saints who have had to live without the Eucharist. And um, uh, it says that these stories will put our momentary fast from the body and blood of Christ into perspective. Um, and um, let me... Uh, uh, okay... I'm not reading the whole introduction because we already went through that. Let me not spend time repeating it. But there are, it says, thousands of saints who have had similar experiences as we have. Months and years of surviving without the sacraments. Um, and looking to them can strengthen us to persevere. First, he sa- she says, it's, this is Meg Hunter Kilmer. First, Meg says, though not canonized, thousands and thousands of Japanese Christians lived without priests 
for nearly 250 years. They baptized their children in secret, passing down the faith in whispered lessons, praying before images of the Madonna and child that were disguised to look like Buddhist images. In 1858, Japan finally readmitted Christian missionaries who found, listen to this, 250 years after 250 years, Christian missionaries found 10,000 hidden Christians waiting for them. Imagine being raised with the near certainty that you would never in your life attend Mass, knowing of the Eucharist only because your grandmother's grandmother's grandmother once went to Mass. It puts social distancing in perspective. The saints of 19th century Korea were in a similar situation after the gospel was first preached by the servant of God, Yibok, and his companions in 1784. Forgive me for botching the names. The church was run entirely by lay people until 1795, and at that point, Blessed James Zhao Wen Mo, I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sure, arrived and discovered 4,000 Catholics only one of whom had never seen a priest. Wow. When Mo served as the only priest in all of Korea for six years until his martyrdom, for the next 36 years, there were again no masses in Korea until a small group of French priests arrived in 1836 and they were killed two years later. You see what people have lived for their faith, beloved, and we complain. We complain if things are so, so-called so normal. We don't happen to like the priest or our parish only has one priest and we have to deal with this and that and that. We have no perspective. We need a bit of history. St. Isaac Yoke, um, or is it Yogues? I'm I'm sorry that I haven't got the pronunciation of that. I've heard it so many times and I I still haven't got the pronunciation down. From 1607 to 1646, may have been prepared for torture and martyrdom when he traveled to North America to evangelize the Native Americans. But as a priest, he would not have expected to be deprived, as a priest, deprived of the Eucharist until his hands were marred by his captive captors. At the same time, a priest who was missing thumb or forefinger was unable to celebrate the Mass. So from the time of his injury until having escaped his Mohawk captors, his return to France 17 months later, Father uh, Yokes, or Jokes, isn't that terrible? I have to look at the... If, if Jerry Usher, if you're listening, call in and tell me the right pronunciation. Um, was unable to confess, to celebrate Mass, or even to attend Mass. He was given a special dispensation and permitted to celebrate Mass again in spite of the state of his hands and requested permission to return to America after his recovery. He was killed not long after his return, but his killer later repented and was baptized with the name Isaac Yokes. And that what people have lived through, beloved, it's a, it's just amazing. This one I, I is where I left off last time. The names are just impossible to know or pronounce here. Blessed Victoire Rassoa Manavir 
Rasoa Manorivo. Rasoa Manorivo. That sounds something like it could be. From 1848 to 1894. He was a Malagasy noblewoman. A woman, I'm sorry, Victoire. She was a Malagasy noblewoman and a convert to Catholicism. A leader in the church in Madagascar. When the French were expelled from Madagascar in 1883, the departing priests left the care of the church in her hands, along with Blessed Raphael, um, Rafainga, a Malagasy religious brother. For nearly three years, Victoire and Raphael led the 21,000 lay Catholics in Madagascar, bringing them together each Sunday for communal prayer, though there were no priests to celebrate Mass. Victoire explained, quote, I place before my mind the missionaries saying the Mass and mentally attend all the Masses being said throughout the world. Three years later, a vibrant community, hungry for the Eucharist, welcomed their priests back, all of them far more grateful for the Mass than they had been before their three years without it. See, beloved, right now we are in agony, we are in tears, we are complaining 24-7 because we don't agree with what's happened and we think it could be reversed. Um or it shouldn't have happened, or whatever it is. Um, the, our problem is that we're not in control. And it's not that the bishops are, it's that God is. And we need to understand that. If God brought a real devastation on our land, and all the priests were removed from the United States, or wherever you are in the world, whatever country, Italy, France, uh, Sweden, um, Australia, If God removed all the priests and there was no choice, we could not have Mass. There were no communion services because there was no communion. There were no hosts, consecrated hosts left. We'd have to live like these people. And would we complain? I don't think so. We would be grateful to be able to get together with other Catholics and with our family indoors and pray and live our faith more sacrificially than we're living it right now. The next one, St. Mark G. Tian Yang. I, I can't pronounce, sorry. It's um, J-I-T-I-A-N-X-I-A-N-G. Lived from 1834 to 1900. He was an opium addict. Because his priest did not understand the nature of addiction, he told him that he could not be absolved until he had beaten his addiction. Oh, wow. Which meant that he could not receive communion either. For 30 years, uh, Tian Yang, however it's pronounced, continued to practice the faith while being denied the sacraments. He never did manage to get clean, but he died a martyr and has been canonized a saint, not just for his martyrdom, but for his decades of attempting to follow Jesus, even in the absence of the sacraments. You see, beloved, there's our path. To follow Jesus, even in the absence of the sacraments. There's the music for our break, beloved, and we'll have the next half hour all to ourselves. You're welcome to call in with anything on your mind, anything on your heart, toll free, one 877 
877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Beloved, it's so good to have you join me on Mother Miriam Live. We are in uncertain times for sure, but we also know that our dear Lord assures us that He is with us always. Even in this dark night, we must press on, and God willing, the coronavirus will help us lead people back to life, family, and faith. I would urge you to support the good work at LifeSite News that is bringing people back to these most basic fundamentals of humanity. Right now, LifeSite News is in the midst of their spring fundraising campaign with the help of a generous family. LifeSite is doubling every monthly gift of this year up to $120,000. So I would urge you, beloved, if you can, to become a monthly supporter to help sustain their pro-life and pro-family journalism. To donate, click the link in the comments of this video or visit lifesitenews.com forward slash 2020. Thank you and God bless you for your generosity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together. And whatever's on your heart doesn't have to be uh, what I'm speaking about or anyone else. It's the, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So don't hesitate to call in. A toll-free 1-877-511-5483. You may text at that number or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Patsy that I don't think we've taken. I'm not sure. Um, uh, Patsy writes, Dear Mother Miriam, the rosary proved over and over again through history to be victorious over various evils. Why isn't our Holy Father, Pope Francis, not telling Catholics all over the world to pray the rosary to defeat this virus? It would show the world the power of the rosary of faith and the healing love and mercy of our loving God. Thanks and God bless, Patsy. Well, Patsy, uh, I don't know when you wrote this email, but our Holy Father has done just that. He has asked 
everyone to pray the rosary, um, even to pray it with him. And uh, he did something even um, greater uh, last week, and we watched it over the Internet. Um, he gave the world an Urbi at Orbi, am I saying it right, Ubi at Orbi blessing, a local and worldwide. He blessed the entire world. Um, he had the exposition of the Holy Sacrament. And with that blessed sacrament, all alone with um, uh, holding uh, the monstrance, um, he blessed the whole world. And one woman uh, made it known that at that moment, God flooded her soul with grace and she was instantly converted. She was, an, uh, I think, agnostic. Um, and she was instantly converted and she's Catholic now. In that one moment, she was instantly converted. So God is so gracious, and and the Pope has done several things. So you may have missed them, but he has done that, Patsy. So God bless you, dear one, and um, uh, we pray the rosary every day for all of you, every day for LifeSite News, for the Station of the Cross, for all their people who are who make incredible sacrifices, and for all of you who listen. God bless you all. <clears throat> we have a call from Amelia in Chicago. Hello, Amelia. Hi, Mother Mary. Nice Hi. to hear you. Thank um, you. I have a question about um, emergency baptisms here uh, in my area. We do not have access to any sacraments at all unless in danger of death. Um, and I have a three-week-old. Um, so uh, my husband and I did make the decision to baptize her here at home over this past weekend. My husband did it. We followed the formula. That's just fine. And all that. Just fine. And I, I can't help. Just fine. Okay. Because yeah. part of me, I got to say, feels like maybe I wasn't patient and. Um, no, you know, no. Patience is not called time. for when it comes to baptism. No, sweetheart. Okay. okay. This is the life of your child. You cannot let that baby yeah. die without baptism. This isn't a matter of patience. Uh, that would be presumption. No, absolutely not. Is that the little baby's voice I hear? That is, yes, oh. I'm holding her right now. What's her name? Uh, Rafaela. Rafaela. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. God is healer. Mm-hmm. Hi, Rafaela. Mm-hmm. We love you, and we're going to pray for you, and you're a child of God now. Amelia, that was just fine. You and your husband okay. did it together. You followed the right formula, and in an emergency, you can absolutely do that. And uh, I would recommend... No one wait for baptism, not even a day, if you if you don't have to. Wonderful. Okay. okay. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Thank you very yeah. much, Mother Mary. God All right, Amelia. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, we have a call from John um, uh, in um, New York. Hi, John. Oh, sister. Um, uh, nice to talk to you again. Listen, can you tell me real quick, uh, in a sense of the two, I heard you say on the radio that you were appalled by what the business were doing in Texas. I, I don't have a computer, but if you could just give me the highlights of exactly what you cited that upset you about what the business were doing in Texas. Please. Yes, I, I don't know that I used the word um, appalled, but um, actually uh, the, the headline uh, came out yesterday. I'm going to read it. Um, yes, no, it um, wasn't yesterday. Uh, yes, it was yesterday, March 30th. Um, Texas bishops demand removal of laws protecting patients' rights. Uh, 
meaning that they are not to be resuscitated. It is against uh, what America would ask. It is against what the Catholic Church asks. It is... um, it, it's so unthinkable. I don't even want to use language for it. And uh, the uh, you can you can find the article on LifeSite News. But I know you're not on the um, uh, the internet. Um, bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, is the only bishop I'm reading now. The only bishop in tex- Texas to refuse to sign a statement on scarce healthcare resources in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. So what we're saying is that in people are sick, they're dying, but if there's not enough resources, let them die if they're at such a, a terrible state. It, it To me, it's completely, completely unthinkable. And bless God for Bishop Strickland. He's the only one that wouldn't sign. So I'm going to ask everybody uh, to pray for Bishop Strickland. He's doing what is right. Thank you so much. I'll research this uh, as soon as uh, my friend's got a computer. Uh, okay, John. Her. All right, sweetheart. Thank you. Okay. Uh, let's see. Now, we have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, oh, yeah, yes, let me see. Uh, Dear Mother, my family and I attend daily Mass and receive Holy Communion on the tongue. Well, Oh, my goodness. I don't know when this question was written, but it was certainly before Mass was stopped. So it's it's a little old now, uh, maybe a couple of weeks. I'm so sorry. Um, I think you can tell, especially if you've written emails that we're not able to get to all of them every day or even even by the week, but we will get to them. Um, dear Mother, my family and I attend daily Mass. Doesn't that seem music now? We say it's an old email and you can get angry that I haven't answered it until now, but isn't that music? We attend daily Mass. My goodness, uh, we'll be happy when we can say that again. Um, and receive Holy Communion on the tongue. But our bishop has ordered the priest to stop communion on the tongue. I'm really confused about what my family and I should do when it comes to receiving communion. For the past two days, we have been receiving spiritual communion instead of going up to receive in the hand. Is this the correct thing to do? Well, I'm not going to tell you if it's correct, but I will tell you I would do just what you're doing. Your bishop, I I, I am a lay person. I am no one to speak against a bishop, but I can. We are responsible for knowing our faith and canon law, and no bishop has the right to um, refuse anyone receiving communion on the tongue. No bishop has that power or that right. No bishop has that. And so if you look up canon law, uh, to receive on the tongue is not a gift, extra. Uh, it's the norm. Receiving on the hand, communion on the hand, um, is what is uh, permitted if someone refuses the norm. But the norm is the tongue. It's canon law, it's church teaching, and no bishop has any um, uh, power or authority to do that. I know you're going to listen to him. The priest is going to obey him. Uh, I'm not going to comment on that right now. No one has that authority. No one. And I think the bishop needs to be sent canon law. Um, he's wrong. He's wrong. Um, I'll, I'll stop there. But um, 
uh, I think uh, if I were in your shoes, uh, no, I would not receive communion on the, in the hand. I would not. So I would receive commun- spiritual communion. But above that, I'd find another church. Uh, I'm sure it's not a Latin church because no Latin priest would give you communion on the hand um, who in a Latin parish. But um, uh, if you can find a different parish, that's what I would do. I actually advise you to do that. Uh, but if not... If you keep, there's no church for miles around, I would receive spiritual communion. It's an awful situation, an awful thing to have to make a choice on. Uh, we have an email from Frank, and Frank says, um, I'm so disgusted with myself, Mother. I've been away from the bottle for six years total. I slipped and got drunk and engaged in illicit sexual activity. When I get drunk... My judgment and choices are very destructive. I am unable to go to confession because my church has closed due to the coronavirus. I emailed my parish priest to see if he could hear my confession, and he is not responding. Oh, that makes me ill. I am panicked and devastated because I feel I have offended God too many times in my life, and I don't want to offend God anymore. Can you help me? I am so distraught and disgusted with myself, and I am so, so sorry for offending God. God bless you, Frank. Frank, my dear brother, do not give up ever, 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 ever. Do not lose hope ever, ever, ever. You can say... A spiritual communion uh, you can make with your contrition, you need to make a perfect act of contrition. You need to be truly sorry, a godly sorrow for your sins. It sounds like God has brought you there. Um, you need to be absolutely separated from any sin, including venial. Um, and you need to tell God how sorry you are, um, which I know you are. I'm looking, uh, I'm sorry, I had a spiritual communion here that I read to you the other day. Um, oh, I'm so sorry, uh, Frank. I, I can't find it, but I'll tell you what. Um, I'm going to look through these. I'm taking the time, everybody, to look through these papers because I know I have spiritual communion here. I know I do. And uh, But Frank, you can look it up on the internet if you have email or go to a library or ask a friend. Um, let me just see. Um, I, I think I found one article where it may be. Um, hold on. A spiritual communion. Oh, dear. And here's what. Um, no, I, I'm so sorry. This is just awful. Um Yes, I, I found one that you can read. I found one. It's a very beautiful one, and it's the one Bishop Athanasius Snyder recommended for us. Now, Frank, I know you can't write as fast as I speak, but if you can listen to the podcast on the Station of the Cross, LifeSite News, Mother Miriam Live, Facebook, wherever you can rerun the program uh, visible, visually or audibly, um, you can keep rerunning it like a tape recorder, go back and run it, go back and write it all down. It's very beautiful. And it says, At thy feet, O my Jesus, 
I prostrate myself, and I offer thee the repentance of my contrite heart, which is humbled in its nothingness, and in thy holy presence I adore thee in the sacrament of thy love, the ineffable Eucharist. I desire to receive thee into the poor dwelling that my heart offers thee while awaiting for the happiness of sacramental communion. I wish to possess thee in spirit. Come to me, O my Jesus, since I for my part am coming to thee. The the love embrace, um, thy love embrace my whole being in life and in death. I believe in thee. I hope in thee. I love thee. Amen. Frank, dear, if you're listening, don't go away. I have one other very, very important, hopeful thing to tell you um, when we come back from the break. And by the way, if I lose you for any reason during the break, um, call, look, look at your Catholic directory or the Yellow Pages. Call every priest in every Catholic church in that city and get in your car and drive two hours to any priest who will hear your confession. There is no reason for your confession not to be heard during this virus. No laws will be broken. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together. There's still time for you to call in. Our lines are open if you wish. Toll free to call or text one 511 5483 and email at mother at speaking to Frank, who sent in a, a, a kind of a distressed email. Frank said he's been away from the bottle for six years. He said, I slipped and got drunk and engaged in illicit sexual activity. Uh, when I get drunk, my judgment and choices are very destructive. I'm unable to go to confession because my church has closed due to the coronavirus. I emailed my parish priest to see if he could hear my confession. He's not responding. I'm panicked and devastated because I feel I have offended God too many times in my life, and I don't want to offend God anymore. Can you help me? I'm so distraught and disgusted with myself, and I am so, so sorry for offending God. God bless you, Frank. Frank, um, you almost use the, the exact words of Our Lady. Our Lord is too much offended, and we cannot offend him anymore, Our Lady of Fatima. Um, Frank, uh, before the break, I said, number one, do not lose hope. Never give up, no matter what. Never, ever, ever give up. If you fail a million times, never give up, Frank. Um and then, again, you can do a spiritual communion. I read one before the break. You could find others online. And uh, the conditions, you know, that your heart has to be truly sorry uh, with a firm purpose of amendment to not offend God again, which is what you have, even if you fall in the future. Uh, you need to be completely detached from any sin, including venial sin um, and... and um, you're not able to uh, go to communion, um, but your heart can be truly contrite and God will hear you. Um, I wanted to, you know, uh, before we even started questions, I was reading, uh, and then I suggested as we went out in the first break that you get a Catholic directory, go online, go to all the priests in your diocese, uh, look up parish priests in your diocese. Call every single priest, Novus Ordo, Latin Mass, it doesn't matter, until you find a priest who will hear your confession. Um, there is no reason why your confession cannot be heard. Don't give them a whole story, a different parish. Don't just say, Father, I'm in mortal sin. I am truly truly sorry that I fell and I I need you to hear my confession. I don't want to die in this state. You do that. Everyone, every priest, until you find a priest that will absolve you. And if you can't, come to Tulsa and I will bring you to a priest that will absolve you. I'm kind of joking, but there's no reason why a priest cannot hear your confession. Um, I, I read the story of St. Mark uh, G. Tianyang, I don't know how to pronounce his name, lived 1834 to 1900. Now listen, he was an opium addict. Because his priest did not understand the nature of addiction, he told him that he could not be absolved until he had beaten his addiction, which of course is, is wrong, my goodness. Um, <clears throat> which meant that he couldn't receive communion uh, either. So for 30 years, he practiced his faith while being denied the sacraments. He never did manage. Now listen to this, Frank. He never did manage to get clean, but he died a martyr and has been canonized a saint, not just for his martyrdom, he was a martyr for the faith, but for his decades of attempting to follow Jesus 
even in the absence of the sacraments. You see that? Don't give up. Do the best you can. Call every priest in your diocese or the next city, whatever it is. Go to anyone and uh, you'll find a priest who will absolve you. Um, and do not despair, Frank. Um, if you fall again the following week, do the same thing. Never, ever, ever, ever give up hope. While there is breath, um, we can we can enter into grace. Um, okay, uh, we have a call from Joan in California. Hi, Joan. Hello, Mother Miriam. Hi, sweetheart. Um, this is my question. Okay, I'm totally blind. Hmm. So I've been totally blind for like 11 years, and wow. I rarely get to Mass. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who are complaining because they have been in without it for a week. So I guess that's kind of harsh, but I think maybe people need to pray for people who can't get to Mass or maybe remember to yes. bring people with yes. them when they yes. go. Now, yeah, but be careful on, on that judgment, Joan, because you understand it. You have suffered greatly you have suffered greatly but i bet it wasn't so easy in the beginning you see well no it wasn't of but course the not the reason right. i called you is i wanted that prayer that spiritual communion prayer i listen to ewtn all the time in the mass good that's how i go to mass but the spiritual communion prayer um was very beautiful and i thought maybe i can't access it like you told frank but maybe you could um Maybe you could put it on your on your newsletter, and I have software where I can scan it and maybe have somebody in my family read it to me. But well, um, okay, Joe. Not only that, but I think I said last week we have uh, several thousand holy cards being printed with the prayer of spiritual communion on the back of them, and they will okay. be included in our newsletter. Oh, that's wonderful, and I I do get it, but I can't read it all the time because. Because I can't read it, but anyway. Well, but so do you, you know. do you do you do Braille? Well, you know the interesting thing about Braille is it's kind of a lost art. I did go to uh, the Braille Institute, and it's a difficult. I'm 72. You know, I'm I'm I can't. It's not because I'm dumb. It's because I'm old, right? So no, I'm older than you, and yet you're not. You, there's never too late to learn. Never, ever, ever know, too but, late. But in this day and age, there's so many. Um, you know technological things so i can go on youtube i listen to youtube all the time there's Catholic that's books. right there's, and I you can memorize you. it i can go to everything yeah that's yeah, right so good it's possible so you know it absolutely is, so good, is. dear joan god bless you god bless you dear one um and, bless you and too, mother Mary. yeah okay uh you said that you go to mass by watching ewtn i just want to uh, say that it's not a proper uh, statement when we watch Mass on TV, we are not going to Mass. Um, I know that you are praying through the Mass with them. There's no question. And so in your home, you are uh, being united to Jesus. You're following the prayers of the Mass uh, and hopefully receiving spiritual communion. But it's not the same as going to Mass. That was a big uh, mistake, an unfortunate one that happened when... Um, uh, televangelists started, you know, uh, televising their church services, and then now many masses are televised. It's wonderful that they're televised, but it, it does not equal going to mass. It's not the same thing. I just want to uh, make well, sure that people for, for know that. Straightening me out, and how sad is that? How sad is that? that yes, it is, sweetheart. It is sad. And um, see, now you're kind of feeling a little the pang of people who can't go to mass. You, you've, 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 you've <laughs> well, no, been. I felt it for twelve years. There I you think go. That's why. 
So there you go. Right, there you go, I sweetheart. I need to say some prayers for penance. I'll do that, Mother. No, no, you do not. You absolutely do not. I just... Uh, and not so interested in, in correcting you, uh, is that I don't want to give out the message that, that people can watch Mass on the, on their internet or TV. And it counts, right? It, it, it's, it doesn't. It's not the same as going to Mass. So, um, I suggest everyone do it. It's a wonderful thing to do. Even if you're not blind, it's a wonderful thing to do. But it is not going to Mass. It does not count for Mass. So, oh, thank you so um, very much, Mary. I, I say you. that on behalf... You. God bless you, sweetheart. I, I say that on behalf of some people who stay home Sunday when they can go to Mass before this tragedy, um, and they stay home and watch it. They think it's comparable. I just want to make it very clear it's not. So, my dear sister, God bless you, sweetheart. And uh, you're a bit of an example to us and we appreciate it. God bless you and we'll see you or speak with you all tomorrow. God willing, God bless you.